This episode of the Cinemavention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm wscottis1, and I have not seen the movie Ghostbusters. Uh-oh, we found another movie Willie hasn't seen. This calls for an intervention. Oh, Best of popcorn. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast. It is so good to be back, folks. I missed you so much, and I cannot wait to get back into doing Cinemaventions again for you. Uh, we'll talk We'll talk on a later show about uh, why I was gone for so long. But this is the show where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today we'll be discussing the movie Ghostbusters, which my guest has seen before. He is the founder of the Samcast Network. Please welcome back to the show, Samuel Lewis. DSEN Sam, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, man? I am doing well on this New Year's Eve streamathon that we're recording this on. I've already done my shift, so now I'm joining yours. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good to have you here. And yeah, like you mentioned, uh, we I would be remiss if I did not mention uh, that right now we are uh, we are streaming live right now here on uh, Twitch. Uh, so we are uh, we are doing this episode live, as Bill O'Reilly would say. We're we're doing it live. <laughs> uh, but the reason we are doing it live uh, is because we are participating in the Diamond Club New Year's Eve Streamathon. It is a it is an event we do every New Year's Eve where we ring in the New Year in every time zone around the world. It's a 27 hour long live stream because it turns out there's 27 hours in a day. No, that's not the reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> time zones are weird, people. Um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but uh, we are we are here so that no one has to spend New Year's Eve alone. But of course, um, another great reason that we do it each year is we um, are raising money once again for Extra Life, benefiting the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals, cinemavention.com slash donate. Uh, we, are, we, of course, are going to be raising money throughout the stream today. Uh, but don't worry if you're catching this on the podcast after the fact. Don't worry. We are also um, you are still able to give money to Extra Life even after this whole streamathon is over. Um, but, uh, and that is the way to do it. Cinemavention.com slash donate is the way to go. There's also a link in the chat as well. So without further ado, let's go, let's get straight into the movie. Cause Sam, we've only got an hour to cover Ghostbusters. So we got to make this we quick. Do. Uh, yes, let's do this. All right. So Ghostbusters is available for rent or purchase on all major internet distributors and is available on demand on most U.S. cable providers, but is strangely enough not available to stream in the U.S. as of this recording. Uh, Of course, if you want to check uh, justwatch.com, we'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, It'll have updated information if you are able to stream it later on. 
Uh, Ghostbusters was released by Columbia Pictures on June 8th, 1984. The movie was directed by Ivan Reitman and stars Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Siganor Weaver, Harold Ramis, and Rick Moranis. Uh, the movie had a budget of $30 million and made $295.2 million in theaters. <laughs> Goddamn! <laughs> All right. Uh, Sam, when was the uh, first time you saw this movie? I was trying to think of this because I knew this was going to be one of the questions. I'm sure I was fairly young whenever I watched this movie for the first time, probably in my early single or not single, but double digits. And I know some people go, they let a child watch this movie. But my parents were very, look, there are things in movies that, you know, in polite company, you don't say stuff like that. And they kind of explained stuff to me instead of keeping me shielded off all the dang time. I know my parents are weird, uh, but <laughs> but as a result, yeah, I saw this fairly early and became obsessed with this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, no. So, the, uh, what what made you intrigued uh, about this movie? Was there any particular thing that intrigued you about this movie? Do you think? Well, a lot like whenever me and you talked about Back to the Future and it was my first time travel movie, this was the first time that I got taken into the whole paranormal investigation sort of thing. And I I loved gadgets. I still do. I love technology. So mm-hmm. all of the gadgetry that they put together, these unlicensed nuclear reactors on their back mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. catch ghosts. Um, I mean, heck, for those that are watching video, I have a ghost trap sitting in the background. Oh, look at so, that! Yeah, the batteries oh, are out on it. Otherwise, it would make noises and stuff. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, unfortunate. That's a, unfortunate. that's amazing, though. Um, and uh, and it's uh, it, and it's funny you mentioned that because uh, uh, Renegu in the chat is saying that's what parental guidance should mean, right? And and here's the thing about this movie. It is rated uh PG. Although mm. one thing one thing that you'll notice is it it would not be rated PG under today's Motion Picture Association <laughs> of America's rating. <laughs> like I, that's an understatement, right? Because there's uh because they definitely do, do they do they drop an F bomb? I don't remember if they drop an F bomb in Ghostbusters. I don't think they do. You know what's weird? I watched it on Amazon Prime, and there was one moment where it looked like they replaced an F-bomb with something, and I don't know if that was Amazon Prime or if he actually dropped an F-bomb and they censored it, or if the movie itself went, now we're not going to use an F-bomb, and just made a very goofy version of a thing, because Bill Murray is the one that says it in the room where they're all in in the mayor's office, and I do not remember if that's actually an F-bomb that got covered up or yeah, I didn't think there was. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Squid's mixtape in the chat saying, nope. Uh, And yeah, as captain Jack points out, yeah. PG 13 didn't exist at this time. Although I think PG 13 became a standard pretty shortly after uh, because uh, there's, there was a movie that came out right after this, fairly uh, fairly soon after ghostbusters that kind of inspired the whole pg-13 ratings in the first place uh and chad mm-hmm. if you can let me know what that uh movie is uh i would appreciate it um but uh but it was very shortly after ghostbusters when the pg-13 uh rating became established and and so this is 
This is like this is the epitome of PG movies in the eighties, you know. Yeah, but uh, but and 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 back then too, it's like you know, uh, you know, uh, kids have access to a lot more things these days than they <laughs> did back then, you know. So it's you know, it's a balancing act, right? You know, very much. Yeah. Well, with that being said, let's get into the uh, discussion of the movie, and I, 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 I. I named all of these segments and I, and I named this one. That's normal, right? <laughs> because there were, there, of course, I mean, of course, with this being a movie about ghosts, right? Like you come to expect that, right? Like you expect oh, yeah. to um, see like unusual activities happening in the movie and stuff like that. But there's this so many, they're, they're comical almost how they are portrayed. Like for example, you know, the librarian at the start of the movie uh, takes the book downstairs, uh, the books floating in the air. That's normal, right? <laughs> you know, and then it's like the cards flying in the air. That's normal, right? <laughs> Levitating. That's no Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop yeah. doing that. But like, you know, the cards flying in the air, the levitating in the uh, scene um, in the, in that apartment scene with uh, Dana and, um, Oh, why am I blanking on the guy's name? Uh, Lewis. Uh, or Lewis, yeah, having the one. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and also the scene where uh, there's a hole in the apartment. It's like, yeah, just casually chilling in an apartment with a hole in New York <laughs> City in the background, right? Like, <laughs> typical, I right? Mean, I mean, from what I've heard, some New York apartments are kind of drafty, but I think that kind of raises the bar a little bit. Yeah, no, that's... I don't know if that's the, that's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> Roz, Roz J says it's normal at Hogwarts. <laughs> fair, fair. No, that's fair. Not uh, wrong. Uh, <laughs> but here's what I will say about this movie. And the one thing that I appreciated about this movie is that like the first 10 minutes of the, uh, of the movie, um, you, you really just like, you really just like get right into the action right away. Like the, they do, they mm -hmm. don't waste time like setting up the story arc or like, or uh, like everything going on. Right. Like you're basically like part of the action is right in the first few minutes of the movie. Right. Like basically the whole premise of the movie is in the first couple minutes of the movie, you know, and I appreciate yeah. that so much about it. It is. You get to meet these, you get to meet these paranormal investigators fairly quick. And then in the middle of, by the way, one of my favorite scenes, Peter Venkman doing an experiment that we would not ethically allow in psychology nowadays, psych mm -hmm. uh, paranormal psychology or otherwise, um, which as a psych major made me just giggle the entire time because I was like, that's a violation, that's a violation, and that's definitely a violation <laughs> um, but yeah just none of it would be done nowadays uh but that's what made it comical for me i i loved it because of that um then the two others burst in the room and say we think we've got one and then they head to the library and away we go yeah right well and also uh it, and also peter is you know it, it, it's clear that like he's successful at getting girls that way. Like he's done this trick before, right? <laughs> like it's right. It's clear, right? But uh, but the thing is, it's like it, it, 
he's kind of getting annoyed when it doesn't work on on Dana and the, uh-huh. and it's like he's you could tell he's like getting mad and frustrated about it but like and that's the thing about the movie is like that part of the movie doesn't really age well in my opinion because you know you kind of you kind of get into you know suggestive <laughs> suggestive stuff I, at that point but but just to I, be I love clear having like the age gap between mm-hmm. the two of us because of how you see things versus how I see things and stuff like that that's one of the things i've been loving about this show is cuz some of this stuff smacks you different ways than it may have smacked many of the guests because of when we saw it and how things were like right. vankman is a arch typical ladies man from the 80s like there was a type in the 80s and vankman is one of those characters like this isn't the only movie that a vankman for lack of a better term shows up so yeah it's neat that you specifically look at that and go that's a thing that Mm -hmm. doesn't you know it's also and it's also a it's also a part of its time too you know what i mean like this is Mm. the 80s right like that was you know, unfortunately kind of commonplace back then. Right. It, it just to be clear, you know, like, you know, this is, you know, Bill Murray's character doing this, you know, like this isn't Bill Murray as a person, right? Like this is clearly his character doing it. And, and to be yeah. honest, like he, the, the, even the way that they handled it in the movie was, you know, albeit like, I, I wouldn't say admirable, but it was, you know, it was not problematic. Let's just put it that way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but that's something to keep in mind. Um, I want to talk about the, uh, the environmental protection agency guy, because, <laughs> because Walter Peck, mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah, this guy, right? So here's the thing. I, first of all, I loved that, um, that Dr. Peter, um, he brings him into his office, right? And he's talking about it's like we need to see uh we need to see um where you keep the ghosts we need to we need to verify that it's ethically um sound and everything like he's being like very cordial at first right and then mm-hmm. and then dr peter asked the guy to use the magic word you know <laughs> but here's the thing he still denies him access to the place where they keep the ghosts and and walter is just you could tell like once he gets the no he is just pissed and you know basically was like you know it's like well now now he's gonna get a warrant um you know to search the place now it's like you could tell he's like this is a guy who is who has dealt with a lot of bs in his time (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and it it is interesting it feels like peck is not used to being said no to either which when we look at what we just talked about those two are almost a mirror to each other, although we clearly like Peter more than we do Peck. Okay, so it's mm-hmm. it is interesting in that 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 Peck is the government bureaucracy guy that thinks he just walks in and goes, and because I have this authority, you will do whatever I want. I'll pretend like I'm nice, but really, I just expect you to obey. You know, and so when he doesn't, he gets pissed at him instantly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 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 that's the thing too. Like, because if you think about it, right, the Environmental Protection Agency uh, uh, guy Walter, he he he's causing more of a problem by turning off the uh, <laughs> by turning off the system, right? And it and it just causes more havoc than when he started, right? <laughs> and and the thing about 
the thing about that too is because the Ghostbusters eventually meet the mayor of New York City. And of uh-huh. course, and I love this is classic <laughs> politics that the mayor is it's focused so on it. Yeah, the mayor is focused on his reputation rather than fixing the actual problem at hand. And to me, it's like you cannot describe politics any better than that. <laughs> you know, just think, Mr. Mayor, you will save millions of lives of potential voters click it just suddenly go well i know who i'm talking to yeah that's that was that was the key uh, two words potential voters (laughs) that's all you got to (laughs) say but like it's sad how accurate that scene is to be honest (laughs) unfortunately yeah um let's talk about uh so the key master and the gatekeeper which of course are lewis and Dana, right? Actually, before we talk about that, um, let's talk about uh, the because uh, <laughs> Lewis and Dana, uh, <laughs> like Lewis is trying so hard, man. It, he's he's trying his best, right? And you know, he just he just can't seem to get uh, <laughs> Dana, and it's like I, it's like I feel so much for you, man. Like I feel so bad for you because I definitely have had. S- Experiences like this, unfortunately. <laughs> the man is so thirsty, he's a desert. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> perfect way to describe it. Yeah. Um, and then of course, uh, and, and of course, Peter uh you know is inspecting uh Dana's apartment for ghosts, but <laughs> the funny thing is that in that scene, it it totally does not look like he knows what he's doing at all, right? Mm. Like it's <laughs> it's hilarious to me and that and, and and he's basically trying to get like he's just trying to get data like that's that's really yeah. the point right like he's not trying oh, yeah. to he's not trying to get the ghosts out of Dana's apartment are you kidding me like mm-hmm. <laughs> um but the key master and the gatekeeper uh Lewis and Dana like they when they are in the when they are in their i guess ghost form i guess you could say um, I don't know how how else to describe it other than that, right? Or them being possessed, you know, however you want to put it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it it, it kind of it kind of makes uh Peter, Dana, and Lewis, it kind of forms a love triangle between them if you think about it, right? <laughs> Unintentional, but yes, it very much does. Yeah. Because there was definitely a point where like where it looked like Dana and and Peter were about to like, you know, hit it off and we're actually gonna, you know, try to make things work romantically, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and to to Peter's credit, by the way, as much as we talked about him being that archetype, whatever Dana was possessed, he was having none of it, right? Despite mm-hmm. the fact that Zool was totally opening the door. He could have in that moment, and he did not. He was like, no, I prefer to stay away from possessed women. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. it was, he went business instantly, and that's, you know, at least something to give him credit for. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Now, uh, here's here's something else to consider, too. Uh, th- that scene where they're, uh, where they're in the car, um, uh, forgive me because I forgot to uh, put it in my notes here. It it was um uh, uh it was it was two of the Ghostbusters on the way to the scene of you know of the situation what was going on there and they're talking about the uh 
they're talking about a Bible verse, right? And I, oh, and yes. I knew as soon as I, I I knew as soon as that came <laughs> up, I was like, oh, we uh, here here we go, here we go. <laughs> it's Ray and Winston. So Winston's talking about like the whole apocalypse uh, thing. He, mm-hmm. he asks Ray, "Do you believe in God?" And Winston's like, "Well, I do," you know, and stuff. So they're having like an existential talk, as mm-hmm. it were. And then yeah. the point that me and you brought up in the pre thing when we were preparing for this, we checked because anytime that a specific verse gets name checked, me and you do the exact same thing. I like looking it up and seeing if they actually got it right. Right. So, so the part that they checked, um, Ray says Revelation seven twelve. It's actually chapter six, twelve. You missed it by one chapter. Yeah, see, here's the thing. Like, I can get like, you know, misquoting the verse. I can get like, you know, missing the point of the verse completely, right? Like we've talked about um with pulp fiction, like we've talked about um that Ezekiel verse that um that uh that that was referenced there, where it's like the point is not like like the point is not for that to be theologically sound. The point is, is it like right. it was, it was supposed to be a cool line and they admit that. Right. And it's fine. Right. Like as long as you admit that that's your point, then that's fine. Right. <laughs> but, but revelation uh, seven, 12, like six, 12. How do you mess that up? <laughs> I don't understand. Like it's one chapter Such- off. They got the verse right, but the chapter wrong. I don't understand. <laughs> You'd think they would look at least give a glance, like as they looked at the script and went, "Okay, yeah, sure, that works." Yeah, <laughs> you know, because so, because know. here's the thing, and and I'll quote it here, like from the King James version, because it's basically word for word almost a direct quote, right? Like, and I behold yeah. when when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. Uh, and the moon became as blood and the stars of heaven fell onto the earth, even as a fig tree caseth her untimely figs, which she is shaken of a mighty wind. Like the, 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 they almost quote it word for word, but you, you played yourself because you messed up the chapter. <laughs> you played yourself. And yes, we are, we, are, we are elevating this way further than it needs to be, but we just both found it hilarious. That's, oh yeah absolutely yeah no this has no point to the yeah absolutely yeah but yeah but it's <laughs> hilarious to me right i just i love goofs like this in movies i always look for goofs and just a goof like this just mm-hmm. fulfills my <laughs> renegoo points out what is this cinema sense maybe maybe i mean <laughs> hey listen like <laughs> so uh one, one last thing i want to say is can we can we just agree that the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, he is the most innocent-looking destroyer on the planet, right? Yeah. Can we just agree on that? It almost makes it worse, by the way, as a side note. I think if that thing had been like your arch-typical scary creature that you expect from a situation like that, eh, okay, fine, we've seen it before. But the fact you have Mr. Innocent-looking Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man walking down the sidewalk just man (laughs) now i have some questions about the lore of this movie and i want to i want to bounce them to you here and uh and see and see what your what you're thinking of this is okay and and i'll and i'll and i'll pose this these questions to the chat as well i'll uh i'll look at the chat and see uh 
and see what the responses are on these as well. So first one, it's a simple question. Have, have we, has anyone actually asked why do the ghosts slime? <laughs> I mean, I mean, other than comedy elements, of course, because sure on that scene. Um, mm-hmm. But there have been um, in ghost lore. I'm, I'm I'm not sure if before this or not, but there has been elements of ghost lore of that have ectoplasm and stuff like that. So, I mean, theoretically, it's it's one of those situations where they just took the concept of ectoplasm and added a comedic spin to it, for lack of better terms. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing that in the chat as well. Uh, ectoplasm is a thing in real life, supernatural stuff. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> princess delirium calls it ghost snot okay <laughs> i mean yes which by the way that ghost is named slimer however it does not get a name check in the movie it would not be until the real ghostbusters cartoon that slimer actually got an official name mm-hmm. so, interesting we all just know it's slimer but never got the name until later <laughs> uh-huh interesting okay So, yeah, so that is, uh, okay, yeah, it seems like it's what is left behind when the ghost connects with the real world. Okay, all right, so fair enough. No, I I like all of these theories, okay. So here is, uh, here's another one here. They they talk about this and it's kind of, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a line, like a famous line in the movie, right? Don't cross the streams, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, like, what exactly does that mean, do you think? Of course, you know, they cross the streams at the end, and it seemed like a special circumstance uh, took place in that particular moment because, you know, it didn't have the, you know, disastrous effects that Dr. Egon was saying it was going to have, right? So, like, in a normal circumstance where there is, where there aren't, like, giant, like, possessive ghosts that are controlling the whole city of New York. <laughs> like, what do we think actually happens if you cross the streams? I'm trying to remember all the techno babble uh, that uh, Egon gave us. Essentially, deionization, I believe he said. Take all the energy out of your cells and have them explode all at the same time. Essentially, you'd be disintegrated. Um, okay. <laughs> what I'm thinking, though, because I know what you're thinking, it's it's probably the thing of, well, why did it work here? Because they were, um, I'm going to use a phrase from Doctor Who for this one. They were reversing okay. the polarity of the door. <laughs> um, okay, okay. To where instead of it letting something out, it was sucking something back in, right? To okay. get it back to its plane of dimension, as it were. So... Mm-hmm. Probably <laughs> total platonic protonic reversal. Eon MacGuffin says Max Trollbot in the okay, chat. Room. Yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, that course, was the and, and, Well, and of course, crossing the streams also has another meaning. I was running good points out, but you know. <laughs> no. But that's a different uh that's a different thing entirely. <laughs> I I will say though, in the video game, they still warn you not to cross the streams, which makes me think that in the whole official lore of all this that that is normally a bad idea. This was just an exception to the rule because of using it on that door. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Cause, cause it was, it very much was like, cause, cause 
Egon was the one that suggested to do it, right? Like the original, if the original person that says don't cross the streams, then tells you to cross the streams, like then it's probably a good idea, right? Yes. <laughs> like, because, because it was, it, because it was the rest of them that were like, what are you nuts? Did, didn't <laughs> you hear what you just, didn't you hear what you said before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about our favorite movie or p- favorite moments of this movie. Okay. So, uh, we'll, we'll start with you, Sam. What, what was your favorite? What was one of your favorite moments? I talked about it a little bit, but the experiment at the start just made me smile. It was, mm-hmm. it was again. It was this perfect moment of that is everything you don't do. In fact, if some psychology professor has not in research uh, class used that as an example of what not to do in an experiment, I would be very much surprised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So if you if you want a guideline of what not to do, watch that entire scene and you'll get it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, so here's the thing. When the ghost librarian, uh, when the ghost librarian switches to the scary ghost librarian, uh, <laughs> when, when, they, when, when the Ghostbusters first walk into the New York library and well, here here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing, by the way, too. And I just I just realized this just now. We never we never that that story arc, like that whole thing at the beginning that that was never like that was never taken care of. If you think about it, right? Because they because they they took care of the ghost that was in that hotel, right? But they never went back to the New York to the New York Library to take care of the ghost that was in there, right? Is, did anyone else notice that? Shout out to Princess Delirium in the chat for pointing out that that experiment was clearly based on the Milgram experiment. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> psych oh, nerds yeah. will know. Uh, but yes, uh, so the whole storyline with the ghost librarian, interestingly, in Ghostbusters lore, it will be taken care of. Again, mm-hmm. you got to play the video game. There are so many things in that game. Like to me, that game legitimately, just as a shout out to it, is Ghostbusters 3 to me. Really? So, okay. Well, that- you've got all the original people. Um, Aykroyd and Ramus wrote the story to it, and they just converted it to a video game. Uh, it's, it's literally everything. I think the only people missing are obviously Dana and Lewis. They didn't get either of them because um, they just couldn't get Sigourney Weaver. And then um, at this point, uh, oh, God, 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 why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Rick Moranis was retired at that point because he had to take care of his wife. He actually retired from acting uh, to do that. It's an amazing story. Uh, mm-hmm. But as a result, he was not acting. So <laughs> they weren't going to get Rick Moranis because of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's all in all, it's pretty much, and it takes all of these little threads about Evo Shandor and all of this stuff and wraps them all together in this story that actually freaking works. And as much as it's fan service, it's also a dang good story with all that lore. So just a shout out to that too. But yeah, you take care of the library situation at some point and you have okay. to proton packs this time. So <laughs> yeah, should I, should I play, should I play the Ghostbusters game like on, on, on a, on a live stream one day? Like, I feel like I, I feel like I need to now, you know, after you take care of two, then I think it's time. It's, okay. It's one of those well, things. Well, see, here's the thing. Let me, well, here's the thing. Let me ask you about that. Actually, this is a perfect opportunity to ask this question too, because of course the new Ghostbusters movie, as we're recording this right now, um, 
just came out in theaters. I don't I don't think it's on demand yet, um, but I believe it's still it's still in theaters right now. And a lot of people are calling that the true sequel to the original 1984 movie, as opposed to Ghostbusters 2, which didn't do well in the uh, in the box office from from what I remember um, in my research in this. So do you consider Ghostbusters 2 the sequel or do you consider the new Ghostbusters that just came out the sequel to this movie? Full disclosure, I've not watched the new one yet, but from what I've seen in the trailer, if we go timeline wise, it would make sense that you got Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2, because it's part of my extended canon, the video game, and then Afterlife because of everything that goes on. To me. Now, a lot of people are snotty about the second movie. They're a bit like how I explained Back to the Future 3 to you. Mm-hmm. Apply the same things to Ghostbusters 2, uh, okay. where people are like, nah, that, that, that doesn't exist. Some people even go, it's the same movie, to which I go, and it's still good. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it, it deals with a different uh, sort of entity thing, but more, um, specifics and things like that it's it's interesting to me Mm -hmm. i do like that and there are uh interesting little things about negative energies a specific type of goo all sorts of stuff so it does different stuff but at the same time i mean kind of the same movie but kind of not but i i still like it as a movie i think it should still be on your list i will i will go up to bat for it at least Okay. Yeah, sure. And uh and and I'll I'll throw it to the chat as well. Uh those of you uh without spoiling the new Ghostbusters movie, um uh w- let me know what you think in the chat. Uh do you think uh do you think that Ghostbusters 2 is the is the proper sequel to this movie or do you think it um or do you think it's the new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie that's the true sequel? Uh let me know. And 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 if you want to also, if you're not watching us live, you can uh, get, send me an email, email at cinemavention.com. And uh, yeah, let me know what your thoughts on that question is, uh, because I'm sure there is a lot of debate that will that will be happening uh, throughout uh, uh, through, throughout the next several you know weeks and months as the movie becomes more widely available to everyone. Um, and uh, hey, one of the other, uh, one of the things I'll mention, uh, Princess Delirium in the chat also says unsung hero of the movie Annie Potts as their secretary. Yeah, that is very. Absolutely. She's amazing. Yeah, Ghostbusters. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Uh, and yeah, and Max says the game is fantastic. Okay, yeah, no, I I might I might try to get the uh, Ghostbusters game. I might play it live on stream uh, one night. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Wscott is one if you want to uh, see that. Um, but uh, <laughs> one, one last thing I'll mention about the uh, ghost librarian is that they <laughs> it goes from like a regular looking ghost librarian to a scary like, you know, like very evil ghost librarian. And it's like and it's like well, that escalated. <laughs> mm. And and then, of course, the Ghostbusters, like, they say at the beginning, it's like, let's not make a scene. Like, uh, let, you know, let's just get in. Let's figure out what's going on and get out. Right. And yeah. <laughs> to which they then proceed. What's the once they see the scary ghost, they just 
immediately start screaming and run and running out of the library. So much for not making a scene, gentlemen. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, and uh, one other thing I'll mention again, uh, talking about uh, Peter and Dana. Uh, someone pointed this out at the watch party, uh, which if you uh, want to be a part of the watch parties, patreon.com slash to Scott is one if you want to be a part of that. Uh, but someone pointed out in the watch party, um, uh, Dr. Peter tells Dana that they can eat and read. And someone said, was this the Netflix and chill of the 80s? Because <laughs> cause honestly, like that, that kind of sounds like Netflix and chill, if I'm being honest, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, I would I would be it, I, it would be. It, it would be a sin of me if I did not cover one of the mo one of the more iconic lines from this movie. Uh, <laughs> dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're talking real biblical proportions here, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember I have I have seen that I have seen that uh that going across as a meme before I ever saw Ghostbusters. So I was familiar mm-hmm. with that line already before i even saw this movie uh so yeah that's absolutely amazing uh and sam you were telling me before we started you had a uh you had a clip that you wanted to play oh yeah just like you got a quote i got a quote so now this is people will notice this is minorly edited for time and stuff but well mm-hmm. this one or whatever it is it's gotta get by us go get her ray good evening I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that might be one of my favorite quotes from the whole movie is like the Yeah, yeah, Ray, thanks very much. That ought to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is such a Bill Murray line. Like it's it's so good, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh let's get into some trivia now. So Sam, you've got some you got some trivia for us or uh, trivia or interesting facts, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah, I got some little bits and bobs here. Um, mm-hmm. So there is a actor connection between this movie and the first movie you ever covered, which was Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are two actors. Uh, so the actor that plays, I can never remember the reporter's name, uh, but the person that plays Walter Peck and that annoying reporter in Die Hard are the same actor. And it took me watching Die Hard this um, Christmas Eve to actually notice. I was sitting there and going, why do I get Walter Peck vibes off of him? And then I realized, oh, it's the same actor. That's why. (laughs) Um, And then the other one that someone else had to point out for me is that Reginald Van Vel Johnson is also in this movie, but he only shows up for like a split second. Um, He's Al in... um, Die Hard, so he's got a big role in Die Hard, but he only shows up for like a split second whenever they're inside the jail cell. The guy that opens the door and says, you guys, the mayor wants to talk to you? It's him. And for the longest time, I didn't notice. (laughs) Really? Okay. It's just a blink and you miss it moment. So, yeah. So those are two uh, Die Hard characters that, or Die Hard actors that also show up in this movie so nice that's funny um, okay 
So this movie was written by Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd has some history in his family of the paranormal. Um, his grandparents, I believe, if I'm doing the thing right, uh, were seancers. They would do spiritualisms, paranormal stuff, all of that stuff like that. Um, and the reason why we know this is because uh, his father, Peter Aykroyd, actually wrote a book that you can find, although I suggest you either get it in an audible version or Kindle version. You can find it on Amazon. I may make a link. I may send Will a link so he can give it in the show notes for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a history of paranormal activity and stuff like that because the family is so kind of versed in it. Uh, that uh, his father, Peter, used to watch his family's seances through, like, I think he described it as a crack in the attic door as a kid, just watching it. Uh, so his family's got a history in this, so it kind of helped him with the more paranormal aspects of the things, which is why things like maybe ectoplasm and stuff like that may have shown up in there, because it was just him pulling from the knowledge banks, for hmm. lack of better terms. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, I here, here's one uh, bit of trivia that I discovered while doing research for this. So um, we were uh, uh, I had I had heard during the watch party that like some of the scenes were um, that were improvised or ad libbed. Um, and uh, and and one of the things that I found doing some research is that um, a lot of the scenes of this movie actually are improvised like they don't go right to they don't follow the script exactly um in a lot of these scenes um according to imdb uh most of bill murray's lines are ad-libbed of course <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not a surprise given bill murray honestly if we're being yes, honest it's bill right? murray who are we talking about right <laughs> yeah exactly uh but particularly um that scene at uh lois's party uh, apparently, uh, Rick, the person who plays Lois, uh, uh, ad-libbed a lot of his lines uh, for that scene in particular. Um, so I thought that was and an interesting thing. I mean, it's surprising for me, but it's not surprising, as it were. Um, I, Rick Moranis is an amazing actor. I know him from my childhood in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies. Uh, mm -hmm. But he's in a whole bunch of stuff, like Spaceballs, which I think is a movie you haven't seen yet, but I think is on the list. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But but yeah, there's a, there's all of these awesome roles that Rick Moranis is in, and I adore him so much as an actor. And... It, it was fun for me to get to see him acting in Ghostbusters again because there were certain little things that I had forgotten about. Like uh, a favorite I didn't put in the show notes is him running away from the demon hound. And then the way that he acts it out when he's finally backed up against the wall of that glass dining area and he slides down it screaming the whole time. Like that's it's beautiful. It's it's so well done. Mm hmm. Right. Right on, uh, and uh, and yeah, no, that's uh, th that that's amazing. And um, let me see here. Uh, uh, Princess Delirium was saying, uh, yeah, one take, all improvised. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the director's commentary uh, is worth watching. Okay, yeah, no, that's 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 interesting. Uh, yeah, 
And Max Strollbot points out that the history of Ghost by Peter Aykroyd will run you about $200, which is why you either get it on Kindle for 14 bucks or you get the Audible version for about the same thing. That's why I said you can get it for cheaper than because it's out of print at this point, essentially. It's a it's a really old book. It was like years ago when he wrote that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's uh, let, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this up. We got about a few minutes left here. Uh, let's let's talk about the uh, song, of course, Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. Right. Or uh, is what, it? What what do, what do, what, do, what, do, what do you got for us on that? Okay, so one, I've given him a link to a Screen Rant article, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of Screen Rant, they're okay, I suppose. And they gave us an article about all of the cameos in the Ghostbusters music video, which is hilarious. You have to look it up if you have not seen it. Um, But also, the whole thing about the Ghostbusters song, if you listen to Huey Lewis's I Want a New Drug, you're going to notice something really weird if you listen to these songs back to back. They're the same song. And the reason why is because Huey Lewis wrote this initially and backed out, if I'm remembering the details properly. Essentially, he changed his mind and went, nah, I don't want to do a movie soundtrack. How good could that possibly be? And then he saw the success that Ray Parker Jr. had out of it Mm -hmm. and in the back of his mind, filed it away and went, I will never make that mistake again. And then Mm -hmm. Back to the Future came along. And that's where Power of Love and all that came out of. So the reason why he got um, Back to the Future and went whole hog into it is because he saw his Ghostbusters mistake and never forgot about it. So Mm -hmm. just a little connection there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you never make the same mistake twice like that, especially when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, so let's go ahead and give our final ratings of the movie. So thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs down. What would you rate this movie, Sam? Two thumbs way up. Like I, I love this movie so much. It is one of my favorites. And like I said, as much as it's a silly comedy and some awesome horror moments in it too, you know, not too scary or anything like that, but still some pretty good ones. Um, It's also got a deep lore that if you dive into it, you'll be amazed by. But at the same time, if you don't, you will enjoy it just as much. So it's got those multi layers going and everything, too. So Mm -hmm. love it to pieces. Oh, and uh, and Wermel is clarifying as well. Uh, He backed out because he got the job for uh, Back to the Future, apparently. So, okay, I'll Um, have to look into that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I will give this rating. I'm going to give this movie a thumbs up. Now, having said that, I will say um, this wasn't my favorite movie out of the bunch that we've reviewed, but I did enjoy this movie a lot. Um, it was very well paced. Um, you know, it, it had a good story to it. So so thumbs up for me. Uh, and and I, I did enjoy this movie a lot. Uh, before uh, before we uh, before we get out of here uh i want to mention one last time again uh cinemavention.com slash donate if you want to uh if you want to donate to extra life uh it is very much appreciated um and let me uh, i'll take a look at some of the uh, donations that we got here uh it looks like we got an anonymous donation of five dollars thank you very much anonymous and renegu donated five dollars as well 
So thank you. Thank you to everybody uh, who has donated to the Extra Life uh, Fund. We will be doing this all day long uh, and all the way into the night as well. Uh, so uh, check back in on that. And even if you're not, uh, even if you're not watching this live and you still want to uh, give, that is absolutely appreciated. Uh, cinemavention.com slash donate. Uh, Sam, this was so much fun having you on the show again. Uh, let the folks know where they can find more of your work. Loved being back again, man. Um, if you want to find me, you can go to tscn.tv. That's where you will find all of my Let's Plays, podcast, and other content I happen to create. And then if you want to find me on social media and Twitch, you can go on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch at TSCN Sam. Can you tell I've got that practiced at this point? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you did. You did amazingly well. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so <clears throat> thank you very much for everybody for uh, tuning in. Um, of course, I do a watch party for each of the movies that we review on the show. If you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners, I stream it live over on my Twitch, where you can also find me live every Wednesday and Friday night. That's over at twitch.tv slash one. And if you were following the Twitch stream, you would have seen the notification about this live uh, show right now. Uh, but of course, if you can't make it to the watch party, don't worry. We have it available exclusively to everyone who supports on Patreon. You can get it in your own RSS feed over at patreon.com slash W Scott is one. If you have thoughts about uh, any of the, if you thought, have thoughts about the movie we discussed today, you can join our, the, the discord game night, discord.com. Go check the cinema invention channel in there. Of course, like I mentioned before, send me an email, email at cinemavention.com. Uh, and uh, you can visit our the website cinemavention.com where you can see previous episodes. All the show notes will be there, as well as a link to subscribe to your on your favorite podcatcher of choice. Subscribe to this podcast, leave a review. Doesn't matter what platform it is, as long as you uh, as long as you subscribe. We're on every single platform. And honestly, if we're not on a podcasting platform, let me know because I want to be on it. <laughs> Music has been provided by Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech.com. And we'll be back next week to discuss the movie The Breakfast Club with Sean McDowell and Anthony Lemos. That is going to be a fun discussion. I can't wait to, to discuss that movie. And I hope you will join us for that. Until then, we will see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>